You're listening to the Conversations Podcast, brought to you by Cypress Creek Church. I love what you said, Paulina, like not trying to focus in on uh, being patient, being completely humble, because if you focus too much on those, you'll end up, you know, falling short. But if you focus on who Jesus is, if your eyes are on Jesus, then that will overflow. Welcome to Conversations Podcast. I'm Taylor, and we are continuing our Incorruptible Love series, talking about unity today with two special friends. First, we have Communications Director Paulina De La Fuente with us. Paulina, thanks for being here. It's good to be here. And we're joined by Lead Pastor Jose Avaroa. Jose, thanks for being good here. Good morning, guys. Good to be here. Good to have you here. Okay, Jose. Love to give you the first word, as always, as we jump in, continuing the series just yes. after Pastor Ricardo last week gave a great message, and you give a great message as well, talking about unity as we get into chapter four. It's a great chapter, and it's a great section of this book. We are now looking at our role. So we've looked at God's love for us, his role in our in our lives, and now we're looking at how that really changes the way we should live in every aspect of life. So that's why I started with that responsibility versus mm-hmm. responsibility, because we could look at our roles as a burden or something that we have to do. But Paul is, uh, you know, has already been talking about these first three chapters, all that God's done for us. And when we think about it that way, we have the ability to respond to everything. And so um, this week we're talking about unity. That's what these verses are about. And I think it's interesting personally that he starts with unity. I would maybe think he'd start with something else, but uh, unity of the body is really important. And I, I think just what immediately comes to mind and I wanna share with us is like, we're, we're sitting here with one another, we're talking about God and that unit, like what, unites us is Jesus. And so it's that unity that encourages us, builds us up, um, allows us to see our role in in building up his church, his body. And so I think it is what preserves us and what allows us to hear what God is doing through us. Yeah. And we'll get into kind of the four aspects that you outlined on Sunday, just about the concepts of this kind of incorruptible unity. But I wanted to just go back to uh, just even the concept. I love how you brought in the Olympics as just an example of how everyone, the the theme or the idea of unity is is great. Like, you know, you don't have to be a Christian to to right. appreciate unity as far as just whether it's peace or all the other uh, words that, that go into that. But but why is it that you, you mentioned how there is such a difference between the way the governments would try to achieve peace or the way that just even social groups, but there's something unique about the church and about the gospel. So why is it so important that we even just start there and just acknowledging that the church really is a significant place for unity? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, We talked a lot about what what this passage says that, you know, verses, where is it? In verse four, he says, there is one body and one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and father of all who is over all and through all and all. So seven times the word one, which emphasizes the perfect unity that God has. Um, Like our faith is one of unity. And so uh, we should reflect that in our relationship with one another, specifically in the body. So in the church first, and then allow the church, the, the world to see the unity of the church. Mm-hmm. And uh, that will again, reflect who we represent, which is Jesus. Mm-hmm. Now, 
sadly, oftentimes I don't see unity in the church and I don't have unity in my heart for others because of pain and tension that exists and wounds that I have from others. And so it's important for us to recognize the priority uh, that God, uh, you know, God makes unity a priority and for us to process and, and do what this text teaches us to do so that we can maintain unity. Mm-hmm. I think looking at that verse, it makes sense that we are the ones that are should be the example of unity because we really, it's just like full circle. We're all from God. We're all made in His image, you yeah. know, and so there's nothing deeper or like more powerful than how we were created and that we are coming from one and therefore we have the chance to be, we have the best chance to be one than all other or entities. Yeah, yeah, that's so good. Let's jump into the four aspects that we talk about. This. I got one more thing, oh. which just that point, Pauline, is so profound because God is one. Mm-hmm. He's He's the original. He's the creator. You know, I think about the Imago Dei mm-hmm. uh, series where we talk like no one created God. So that is what's, you know, you mentioned what separates us from right. God. Well, we're, right. we're aware <laughs> that all things come from Him. Mm-hmm. And so that, acknowledgement, that realization that God is one and He is Lord should also come with, hey, prioritize unity, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, live in harmony with with one another. Mm-hmm. So anyway, that just came to mind. You were yes. asking another No, 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 that's good. Whatever. That's good. Okay, let's jump in to the first of the four uh, aspects here, and that is calling, just based on uh, Ephesians 4, verse 1, talking about Paul's uh, urging them to walk in a manner worthy of the calling in which you have already been called. And just that, even that concept there, I wrote down in my notes that we've all been individually called by God, which in of itself is just a neat thing to think about, that there's not certain Christians that are on the sidelines or certain Christians right. in the game. It's like, we're all in the game. We're all called. But what is so significant about just the fact that it's the calling we've already received? And even just practically, what does that look like? What would be the difference maybe between a calling that you have to work towards or earn versus a calling you've already received? Yeah, I would mm-hmm. piggyback on the responsibility versus responsibility. So responsibility means I have to do this in order to get something. So I, I have to do my homework in order to get a good grade, you know, mm-hmm. uh, where responsibility is is, hey, he already approves of you as a student. He thinks that you're a straight-A student. Um, so allow that confidence to reflect the way that you do your work. And that's that ability to respond to um, every role and every relationship that we have here on Earth. Mm. Just reminds me how different it is from the world and anything. I mean, thinking about career and or college and things like that, everything you're doing is to pile things up so that you can live into something you want to do instead of already sitting and being able to receive it. It's pretty, pretty unique. Yeah, just going on that, as far as with calling, what this is something that my community group talked about last night, but how do we figure out what our calling is? Like, that sounds like, oh, yeah, like if God's, you know, if God's on the phone, like, what is, what's he saying? What, how do we, what is the calling that he's uh, calling us to, essentially? How do y'all just personally discern that and how do you walk that out uh, just in your day to day lives? You're right. We use that word a lot especially in the church historically, what's your calling, you know? And oftentimes, unfortunately, we tie that to our vocation. Mm -hmm. What are you doing? Mm -hmm. But we first need to realize that it's who we are. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Who are we called to be? We're called to be his sons and his daughters. We're called to be a part of God's family. Mm -hmm. We are seen, we are known, we are loved. We've been 
totally forgiven. Mm -hmm. That's who we are. That's mm -hmm. what we've been called for. That's why Jesus came on earth is to adopt us into his family. Mm -hmm. And then we can talk about role and position, which mm -hmm. is, you know, the, the compliment C yeah. in, in, in the passage. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think the answer, I always get excited thinking about calling, like it's going to be something really big that just like comes down from heaven. And really, it's what you said. But if my calling is to know God and to love, to love God and love others, then it's not the most fun answer initially, but it really is the best. There's no better way to start with calling, you know, than to do that really well, even if it's in really small ways right now that I'm living into my calling, you know, just using the favor that God has given each of us in different places with different people. And then every time. God always, when we're faithful, God always brings something else. And I mean, I just cannot imagine doing it the other way around. I think I would reject a lot of God's callings on my life, specific callings, if I knew the full picture before being ready to receive it, you know? But if I just start with the general calling for all of us, then it feels a lot easier when it's time to actually step into bigger things. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think even just adding on to that, just the analogy that you used on Sunday about the phone, you know, as far as like answering mm -hmm. the call, like if it was actual phone, and I think about all the distractions that I let get in the way of that, where I, you know, God's, God's there. He's, you know, I don't need to be waiting on him. He's right there, and yet I'm either distracted, I don't hear him, or I just have all these other things going on as well. And so I just think even that, mm -hmm. where we, what we're talking about here and what we've even talked about in messages before, it's really a simple, like, like God is not super complex and all this stuff that we have to figure out. It's like, it's a very simple message and simple truth for our lives. And yet we are the ones, or at least I'm the one that typically begins to complicate it and try to juggle all these other things in with him versus mm -hmm. just really focused on on loving and and uh, and living for him. So yeah, that's that's all good points on calling. The second point here is culture. That's based on verses two and three. And so many just good kind of points here, just as far as our behavior when it comes to humility and our posture of gentleness, patience, bearing with one another, and even just maintaining uh, the unity with peace, the bond of peace. And so Jose, you mentioned just, you, you bundled all this up in this concept of culture. And I'd love for you to maybe expound on that a little bit about why why do we mention this? Because Paul could just simply have said, "Hey, just you know, just be good," or you know, just be like Christ. Yeah. And yet he 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 speaks to these in particular, and then at the same time, he's intentional about including all of this when it comes to unity. Yeah, and going back to calling on it being heavy on the be instead of the do. Yeah, I love that verse two starts with that word be. Mm. So he doesn't say, "Hey." do all of these things, mm -hmm. you know, go to school, study the scriptures, memorize scripture, and then teach others that. I mean, that, that's that's part of discipleship. So those right. are important things. Right. But he's talking about heart postures. Mm -hmm. He's saying, be completely humble, not just kind of humble or, ever, you know, humble when, when you feel like it or, or when you're dealing with someone easy. He's saying, be completely humble and gentle and be patient in bearing with one another in love like you said, keeping the unity through the bond of peace. So personally, it's so challenging because mm -hmm. if I really think about these five attributes, these five cultural, you know, Jesus norms, oof, I fall short so often. And it's especially convicting when I realize how Jesus has has done all of these things for me, how patient he is with me, how he bears with with me, you know, and and how he's been seeking peace with me and and he wants peace in uh, through me and in, in my relationships. And 
Um, he served me, he was so humble and, and he's gentle. It's his mm-hmm. kindness that has led me to continual repentance. And so um, that's, that's how he lived. I know Jesus overturned tables and he was firm and you know he, he rebuked um, and, and corrected. All of that was in the context with uh, the people that that was faced or the people that he um, did those things towards were the religious rulers, you know, those that thought that they didn't need Jesus. And so we need to make sure that we're not that way because he was firm and strong against them. And then for, you know, all of us, this this is Jesus. Mm. This is how he's moved in our lives and why we're here today. Yeah, I think what you said about be and do, it's so, if I try to just do these things and not be or become them, it's impossible. You know, like if I show up to community group and say, okay, today I'm going to be really humble and gentle and patient, you know, it's like in one second, I can't do that instead of like coming out of what God has given me. I, when you said, Jose, uh, that when the bearing with one another, the way that you explained it was that that means we need to be tolerant of other people's shortcomings. And that really like just got me where it hurts because it's hard. It's hard to allow to be tolerant that we all are imperfect, you know, starting with me and then with the people around me. And it made me think of the verses right after where in verse seven, it says, but to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. And that grace part, it is overflowing, you know, and I can't run out. God's grace won't run out on me. But it also is intentional, you know, intentionally given for each, for all of the sin that my, all the grace that my sin requires. And it made me think of, I pulled it up because I've been thinking about it today. Um, Colossians 3.13 in the NLT says, make allowance for each other's faults. And that feels like the same intentionality. You know, like for me, that's my takeaway right now is that bearing with each other and uh, being able to be tolerant and make allowance for other people's faults. You know, that's allowed in my life. There's space for my shortcomings and for shortcomings in the people around me. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's so good. That's good. Let's jump over to the next one here. talking about compliment. And I just think about this concept, not only are we all in the game, but we're also all on the same team and yet we have different roles that we play. And so some of the notes I just wrote down here, really the big one I put in all caps, which is that my role is not my identity. Jose, you spoke mm-hmm. of that and really kind of even just gave personally how your position here at the church does not define who you are. Uh, when we talk about unity, I think it's, it's important for us to acknowledge that like there is an enemy that is constantly trying to sow division and uh, like, like it's hard enough just to get along uh, on our own versus then we have this, you know, we're in this battle and this war. And so I think one of the easy ways the enemy tries to get me is just through the idea of comparing or competing. Like even like I, I know we're on the same team and yet next thing you know, I'm sizing myself up to somebody else or I'm just trying to to uh, compare myself. So how do both of y'all just, just not only just even in your work, but just personally, just in life in general, how do you uh, just avoid falling into those kind of temptations to compare and just even seek your worth just based on uh, what other people think or what other people do? Yeah, it's a, it's a, I'm a, I'm a work in progress when it comes to that, because it is human nature to compare, uh, to size up, to compete. I'm competitive in nature. Um, Taylor, my wife and I compete. We actually enjoy competing <laughs> in a lot of things. And, and um, so I really think it, it, 
it's tied back to these five attributes. I think about our relationships and the things that cause, I know the harm that I've caused in um, some of my relationships, my marriage and, and other close relationships. If I truly focus on who Jesus is, I love what you said, Paulina, like not trying to focus in on uh, being patient, being completely humble, because if you focus too much on those, you'll end up, you know, falling short. But if you focus on who Jesus is, if your eyes are on Jesus, then that will overflow into your posture. You'll be like, man, I, it's who I want to be. And, you know, I'm tying this another. I don't remember where the scripture is, but the will of God is for all of us to be sanctified, for all of us to be transformed into the likeness of Jesus. So that's God's will for all of us. So, that's how I have grown in my insecurity when I tend to compete and, and compare is I just know Jesus more in my heart, in my life. And that's where my identity is. Mm-hmm. That, that's, that's where I find refuge. And so staying, you know, making sure that I'm spending time with him, that I'm remembering who I am in him. Um, then when I do find myself in situations where I'm like, oh man, you know, this person, oh, I wish I could do that, or I wish I can have that, or, you know, I'm reminded, well, remember who, who does Jesus say that you are? You've been called by him. Mm-hmm. That's our primary identity. Mm. Yeah, I heard an analogy recently that is that said, talked about our minds and renewing our minds and keeping taking thoughts captive. And it was saying, um, the analogy was that we're, we have, we are the control center in our minds. And a lot of times there's thoughts flying around that come in from the world, from other people, from the enemy, but we have the ability to decide like planes, what thoughts land in our minds. And that's been something really specific that's been helpful to me because it's so hard if I'm like already really far past into comparing and insecurities, it's so hard to just undo all of that. But if I, I've been praying that God would let me see when it's happening, you know, when that thought is landing so that I can reject it instead of waiting for it to take root. And then it just overflows into the, my attitude and the way that I'm, you know, acting and thinking for the day. That's been something really practical. And I felt like just this weekend that God gave me a word that he in this, like who we are in him, that, um, he envelops us in his love, you know, and that word feels so like surrounded. And I've just been using that because then it comes against any time I want to compare against somebody else, or I want to size myself up. Like you were saying, Taylor, um, I think if I just have a thought that I'm going to, instead of those things, that feels really practical. And like, I can cut it off right then instead of watching it spiral, make me spiral out in my life personally and then in the people around me too. Yeah, That's a really good word there that you shared, Paulina, and it reminded me of a time when I was in Greece reading the Bible with someone in Greek. They were reading it in Greek and we were reading the Gospel of John. I just pulled it up. Uh, First verse, in the beginning was the Word and the Word was with God and the Word was God. And then verse two, he was with God in the beginning. And um, the guy was telling us that in the Greek, that word with meant enveloping. Mm-hmm. He didn't know the word, but he just put his arms around. You know, he's like, it's a big hug. Mm-hmm. You know, like the the word uh, was around and, and hugging God and 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 uh, the word was God and he was in, you know, with God in the beginning. So it, mm-hmm. it was all encompassing. Mm-hmm. And 
isn't that true? That just as, you know, the, the, those verses in John 17 that I shared, that Jesus was one with the Father and his prayer is that we are one with each other mm-hmm. and one with him. Mm-hmm. So knowing that that is our primary function as disciples is to just be enveloped mm-hmm. by God and allow that to inform, you know, everything that we do and how all of our relationships are to be lived out. Yeah, yeah, that's so good. And number four is last but not least confidence. And just writing down here, just some of my notes that we are doing the confidence in doing what God has created for us to do. And knowing that um, you brought up the concept of speaking truth and love as far as building up and love and even just the culture of Jesus all woven together into this concept of confidence. So um, we could, you know, confidence could be a whole message in itself, something that we all need, but but what, how significant is this just to the unity itself as far as when it comes to practically, what does it look like to apply confidence uh, just in relationships in the church? Yeah, I think that when we have that relationship with God where we know his love for us. And I was just talking to someone earlier today about his life, how God has changed his life. And now he's serving here at the church. And uh, he never thought that he'd, you know, be serving uh, part-time at a church. It was kind of like what Hector shared on Sunday morning, where he made that inner vow that he would never, you know, be in a prayer team. And here he was, encouraging other people to be a part of PMT. It's just so cool how God brings us from, uh, he, he brings us in when we're far away and and then he, he shapes us and, and he sets us on a course that is real life. It's, it's mm-hmm. life-giving, it's full of purpose. And I think that's what this journey, my journey has, has you know, confidence I would say is, is the number one thing. Um, I'm actually, very insecure. <laughs> I um, struggle with people pleasing. I uh, used to be incredibly anxious. I would fear opening my mouth because I thought I'd either say the wrong thing or I'd hurt somebody. But then <laughs> I realized who I was in God and who God's made me to be. And I still struggle with those things, but they no longer define me. Mm-hmm. So that confidence that I have in in, in my life um, has made me the most alive Jose that could ever exist. Mm. And that's God's purpose in all of our lives. He wants us to be fully alive, fully activated. And that brings us confidence. Mm-hmm. I Talking about identity and our divine assignment, it made me think, it reminded me that we can't lose what God has given us and who we are in Him, you know? So just because I see the gifts in somebody else and their strengths where I'm weak and or their different assignment being different from mine doesn't mean that I'm losing what God has given me specifically. You know, I can't. I His grace is specific for me and for each of us. And so just remembering that helps me take out everything that the enemy attaches that mm-hmm. weighs and compares and is ultimately insecurity, you know, because I just can't lose it. It's only mine to either step into or to wrestle against and not fully live the way God has for me to live. 
Yeah, that's so good. It's been a great discussion talking about unity here. Jose, I'd love to give you the final word as we not only close up this particular passage, but look forward to the passages ahead. Yeah, I wonder if there's a relationship in uh, our lives where we can maybe put some of this stuff to practice. We can recognize who we are in God. We can live out that culture that Jesus lived out and um, you know, walk in that divine assignment in the lane that he's given us. And and ultimately have that confidence to speak the truth in love and and wonder how that can dispel some of the tension that exists in our relationships and ultimately give us that unity that Jesus is asking us to live. All right, hey, thanks everybody for listening to the Conversations podcast. If you have any questions that you want us to answer on the podcast, you can email us, conversations at cypresscreekchurch.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe and share the podcast. Thanks for being here again, everybody. It was awesome. That's it for this version of the podcast. We will see you guys next time.